TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Steel Talk, and I am your host, Gerilyn Steele. It is my pleasure to be here with you every Sunday night. And I have to tell you, I'm really happy today. I'm happy about what Congress, Congress, not just the House, but the Senate as well. They did something big. And of course, Jonathan Lowe is on the other side of this phone. And Jonathan, did you hear all about it? I know you did. I did hear about it. I Now, I know it passed through the Senate, mm-hmm. but did it? doesn't it still need to go to the House? Right, and through it's going to go to the House. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out why it just didn't go right away. They could have just <laughs> went into the chamber and did it. So I was just talking to my mom about that. I said, I don't understand. How come this isn't a done deal like Tonight. Well, again, you got to remember that these are two separate houses. So right. you you have you have uh, the Senate, you have the House of Representatives. Because the Senate is in session, I don't believe the House has to be in session, and vice versa. It's not about whether they have to or not. They should. This is too important to let it go and give people time to say, "Oh, well, we can destroy it this is, way, or we can stop Nan- it this way." Isn't Nancy Pelosi out of the country? I thought she was back from Taiwan. I, I I don't know if she's back from Asia. I'll have to check. Yeah, let's check on that. I thought she came back. I think she wouldn't do what she was supposed to do or she wanted to do. And I thought she was back. So, yeah, let me know if that's if I'm correct on that or not. You know, a lot of people were worried about her going to Taiwan. Taiwan. And, of course, China has been coming after that country uh, because it used to be a part of China. And they've wanted it back. They call it One China. Right. One China. They never look at Taiwan and say, oh, no, you're not part of us. They've always looked at it that way, even though they are a democracy now and they don't want anything to do with how the people are um, living in China and how they are being um, harassed a lot because of certain votes. The young people are trying to do so much more there and they're getting, you know, they get there and then all of a sudden so much is taken from them. Doesn't that kind of sound like us, though? (laughs) I hate to say that, but it kind of sounds sounds like some of the things that's happening to us. You know, a lot of our rights are being taken away from us without our permission, that sort of thing. But I'm really happy that she went. Some people were upset that Nancy Pelosi went there. Were you? To be honest, I don't I don't have an opinion one way or the other. Um, I know that whoever visits that country at this point in time is going to raise the ire of China just like if I think if she went to South Korea that very well may rise raise the ire of North Korea um, so I, I just think it's one way or another you don't want to ignore Taiwan especially in this uh, with regard to the situation that's happening between 
Russia and Ukraine, the war that's going on over there. Uh, but I, I, I don't have a solution. I don't have a, a thought on this because it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't. Hmm. Okay, but there are, de- there are decisions that have to be made, whether it is, you know, you, you have to make the decision. You have to just go with it. And if her instinct said, no, I need to go see about these people, this is a democracy. We don't want to lose all of the democracies. It feels as though we're losing ours <laughs> every moment. <laughs> you know, and I have to laugh just to stop from crying. You know, don't get me wrong. I may laugh, but it's because I'm trying to stop from crying. So what happened today to me meant a whole lot. And I'm not sure how many countries um, are dem- are democracies. Do you know? No idea. I I, I, know. I I looked this up once before and totally forgot. It says uh, here um, um, the index attempts to measure the state of democracy in 167 countries and territories, of which 166 are sovereign states and 164 are UN member states. So you know, my understanding is that. Any, any country that thinks as we think, do as we do, we want to keep them vibrant and going strong and let them know we support you. And hopefully they say we support you too. I don't know. It's ever-changing. That's the whole problem for me. What I used to understand and believe in civic classes, I don't. I look at it now and go, oh, that's not the way it was. Or my teacher said such and such in high school. You know, I need to take another civics class today just to figure out how much has changed and what we can do about it. What was your civics class like? To be honest, I don't, I don't, I don't believe I ever took a civics class. What? I don't think I ever did. What? I'm, I'm I know serious. you're younger I'm, than me. I know you're younger than me, but... I, it, wasn't, it, it wasn't as widespread a oh we need to teach this and i don't i don't know i don't know whether i don't know whether it's more prevalent in the in public schools because remember i went to private schools all the way up through high school so i'm trying to remember i don't think i ever took a civics class i really don't oh my gosh even the catholic schools the private schools in gary indiana they all did civics classes. I mean, they wanted you to know about the government, how it worked. They wanted you to vote as you get older. Oh, yeah, man. It was real. And they made sure it was very serious. You do not take this for granted. Learn but again, it. I, Understand I, it. I, I don't know what changed because you went to school in the 60s, correct? 60s, 70s? Yeah, but I'm talking about the 70s for high school. Yeah, and so I don't know what mm-hmm. changed between the 70s and the 90s when I was mainly in school. Because there, see, there see were you changes. You just see how you did that. <laughs> I'm not. No, no, no. I'm not. No. Okay. Uh-uh, okay. I'm okay. not. I'm not doing that with you tonight. No. Uh-uh. But what 20, are you talking 20, about? 20 years of, of school, of schooling yeah. changed. There, there were changes that were made. And so I don't know if this was something that was uh, a more widespread thing during when you were in school or when my parents were in school before that or and when you know the, the my generation my you know your your daughter your son uh my age range was in school mm-hmm. i know that there were still civics classes out there i know there are people that are my age that said they took civics classes but i i don't remember taking one i really don't 
Well, Tuesday is the big day, and we have to make some decisions immediately on who we're going to vote for. And of course, you know, people say, oh, it's just the primaries. Well, the person that you want to win cannot win if you don't help get them on, on the, the list. If the people don't come out for the people that they want to be um, on, on the ballot, then their hopes are dashed. And some people just don't care about the primaries. They don't see the value in them. And I've always been taught, you know, don't take that for granted. This is real. Fight. I mean, you know, get out there and vote in the primaries, get out there and vote in November, whatever you have to do, because our vote is important. But here's what I'm nervous about, Jonathan, and maybe you feel the same way, is that we've been through so much that has been uh, degrading to some of us as Americans, where we feel like things have been said and done that we just can't believe our leaders would do right? And you sit and think, well, why should I keep voting? They keep winning or they, you know, especially the, the House and the Senate, they can't seem to get together at all. But today they did somehow. <laughs> they well, did. well, no, well, eh. let's, let's keep it a hundred here. Let's keep it 100. Uh, one side of the Senate voted one way and one side of the Senate voted the other way. And the vice That's president was a tiebreaker. Do. Yeah. So we haven't we haven't done we haven't done the come together thing cuz no, it's still No, I'm not saying that we did the come the kumbaya moment. I'm not saying that. Okay. What I am saying is that we got to 50-50. That's remarkable. I mean, for for so many people who think that democracy is over with and that many of Americans just don't believe in it anymore, they don't want to vote anymore, it's like, why vote? Just like what you and I talked about a few Sundays ago when what happened in St. Paul with rent, right? Rent control. People look at that and go, what? I get to vote and I don't get to, my, my vote doesn't count even though we won. The ones that said, do the rent control. We win, and then uh, somebody comes in and goes, oh, no, 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 you guys don't know about it. The legislature says, no, you, you don't get to do that. We'll make the decision. I mean, how does that happen? And it's not just happening here. It's happening everywhere in this country, as far as I know. So that's been the real challenge well, for me is how do we get people excited about voting again? Well, because I think, so many don't believe it anymore. I think this is a, a two-pronged thing when you're talking about people believing that their votes will count. I think, number one, you're going to have to have the people, – people think that becoming a politician is now a career. And people think that you're going to have uh, people that get into Congress and they stay in Congress for 30, 40 years. You're talking about people like Dick Durbin and Chuck Grassley and – um, what was the name of that Republican that had a child at 99? What was his name? Strom Thurmond? Yeah. He had a child at 99? Yeah, it was either 98 or 99. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Most disturbing <laughs> image he? on a Sunday night. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, he, that, but, but when we talk about should we look at limits to some of these jobs, I mean, I mean think about that as long as he was in there. So I, I need to look that up and make sure I am correct. Yeah, the, 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 when, when people look at people that get into Congress and they see that these people have been in Congress for multiple, you know, double-digit terms, especially when you're talking about the – House of Representatives, mm-hmm. they think, okay, you're just making money off of my dime. And the more you get in there, the more you might be able to get from lobbyists 
and and people like that to increase your wealth. The other thing that people look at and say, well, my vo- my voice isn't heard and my vote doesn't count, is I believe because we have such a partisan split, and because people are so entrenched on one side or the other, or in the people in the middle are looking at them and saying, "What are you doing?" Mm-hmm. They're they're thinking, "I'm not going to be able to do anything for you guys to get anything done, to say anything to you, because you're just going to hunker down and not budge." And that mm-hmm. and that frustrates people. I think there are many ways to frustrate people, but the people, I mean, our democracy is about the people, period. It's about the people. And the problem for me today, Jonathan, is that no matter what we hear from D.C., there's so much dissension. There's so much separation still. And a lot of people would look at what happened today and say, okay, this is a step forward, but it's a tiny step. I mean, there's so much more that could have been done, but of course, the Republicans wouldn't let it happen. And so it's frustrating to me as a Democrat to see how this unfolds. I don't understand why what is best for Americans are best for Americans. I just don't get it. (laughs) Why does there have to be this division where one side tells one side, yeah, don't listen to that. That's not true. That's not what they mean. Like, who is that host of the guy that did the Sandy Hook, that awful person? Who lied about Sandy Hook and Alex Alex Jones, aka fifty million dollars lighter this week. That's right. You got that right. And I'm sure he's not well, it's really forty nine million, not fifty, but yeah, we can just round it up. But he yeah, that's the whole thing, you know, is that this was a man that was spewing what they would say a free speech is all about, you know. There are some uh, two definitions that make it clear what freedom of speech is, but you can't, you know, scream fire in a movie theater or, you know, in a crowded place. And this is one of those moments where he he lied and he scared people and told them, no, 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 that's not true. And so that lie got him to this point. But is he in jail right now? Nope, it was civil. It was it yeah. was not a criminal exactly. investigation. It was civil. Exactly. So. so I don't know what he's worth, but $49 million, he might laugh at that and think, hey, you know, why not? Oh, by the way, we have to take a break. Hey, I realize that. We'll be back in a moment. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome back, everyone. Okay, I have to apologize. I have not found that information. I do remember he had a child very late in his years, um, but I cannot seem to find that information. So please, please, please forgive me. This is not what we do on WCCO. It is, is dispersed wrong information. And I truly, truly apologize for and, that. I'm still I, going I, to research it though. I also was trying to find whether uh, Speaker Pelosi was back in the country. It, I didn't see anything as far as uh, a trip, a full trip itinerary or, or anything saying that she's returned back to the United States yet. I, th- I believe on Friday she was in Japan for the last leg of the tour. So I don't know whether she has returned back to Washington or not. Okay, we'll keep looking for that as well. Um, I, I thought she was going for just a short visit, but I could be wrong about that. Maybe this is my night just to be wrong. That's terrible. Well, she was visiting several countries, so you, you figure Yeah, but I mean be... in Taiwan. That was the big deal. That's what people were really talking right, about. Oh, right, my but, gosh, she went but, to Taiwan. But it was part of a fuller trip. It, 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 was, it was known that she was going to go on this trip and she was going to go to several countries in Asia. It was just was – the question was, was she going to land in Taiwan or not? Right. Well, in 1971 is when Taiwan was removed from China or decided to remove from China. And that has been, uh, you know, a painful, painful situation. People are still talking about it over the years. So I'm curious to know when she's coming back. We're going to have to look after that after we do um, some weather and that sort of thing. We'll talk a little bit about um, our own going over there, seeing about them. And I think it's really great that she did. I really do. Although some people say, why? Why in the world would you do that? Well, I think it's a great thing. So there you go. Now, I know we have to take a break in a moment. I want to let you know that I am so excited about my first guest tonight. And if you um, um, stick and stay with us, you will hear Ira Shapiro, the author of The Betrayal. Um, the Betrayal is is a book, and um, it's how Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans abandoned America. It came out in May of this year, and I cannot wait to talk to him about it. So do stay tuned. I'm really looking forward to that interview. We'll be back in a moment. It is now 734 here at WCCO. Welcome back to Steel Talking. I'm your host, Geraldine Steele. It is what I love to do is be here with you on a Sunday night. I am so excited for my first guest tonight. His name is Ira Shapiro. You know him. You love him. Author of a new book called The Betrayal, How Mitch McConnell and the Senate Republicans Abandoned America. Now, this just came out in May of this year, and I am so excited about it. He joins us now on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. How are you, sir? I'm great, Geraldine. Thanks, and thanks for having me with you. What a pleasure. I love the cover of this book. This may not really matter to you, but I just love it. I stared at it for a while and thought, I've got to get this book. And by the way, I will have it in my hands tomorrow. I'm so excited about that. Um, with you, your face in the front, and Trump kind of hiding behind you. But your history um, automatically... <laughs> one, uh, one, go right ahead, sir. clarification. That's not me in the front. That's McConnell in the front. That's um, McConnell. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm, I'm the good-looking guy in the back of the book. 
I saw that picture too. I apologize, sir. Thank you for the clarity. Thank you so much. Um, you have definitely been involved in American politics and international trade for a long time, and you know what the Senate is all about. You have served us. You've, you have uh, written so many books that brought clarity to so many of us. And I'm just curious because when we get to the point where we look at, especially as a Democrat, which is what I am, who I am, um, and I know that I have blamed Trump for just about everything. And I try to go back in history and say, okay, Geraldine, you can't blame everything on him, but I want to. And I can admit that. Um, but I also learned that there are so many others, like Mitch McConnell. I remember the first time I looked into his face, which was about a year ago. I had known and seen his, of course, his, everything he's done. But just to look into his eyes for the first time, I thought I was looking at evil. And I'm just curious to know if you ever thought of that when thinking of Mitch McConnell. Well, the purpose of my book, Geraldine, was to remind people that while Trump, in my mind, was a catastrophe for the country, the real failure of government was the Senate. The Senate had, the strong Senate has the responsibility for checks and balances, and particularly there's supposed to be a check on a president who would be abusing his powers. That was the idea of the Constitution. That was what the framers had in mind. And what we saw was that the weakened Senate over a long period of time that had declined from the Senate that we used to know, the weakened Senate could not deal and with Trump's assault on our democracy. So my book was about the Senate's failure. And central to that failure was McConnell who I believe to be a very, uh, very effective in pursuing his goals, but they're partisan goals, and he's been a disaster for the country. And for how long, sir, do you think this has been going on? Because Mitch McConnell has been in that office for so long in the Senate, and we have watched him unpeel um, so much of the legislature that we fought so hard for, and it's really disturbing. Many people look and say that I've heard, I've, I actually heard a conversation, overheard a conversation at a restaurant about politics, and they were talking about Mitch McConnell, and they, it seemed like they were both Republicans, Independents, as well as uh, Democrats at that table. And the argument said Mitch McConnell has to go no matter what all of us think he has to go and I know you agree with that but how do we get to the point where Americans know how to do that where the the house knows exactly what to do but the Senate will not follow well I think that first of all let me say we're having a week where we as Democrats can be excited about what the Senate has accomplished uh, just Today, they finished um, legislation that is really quite transformative in terms of climate change policy, prescription drug costs, and even taxing corporations. So for a moment, thanks to the leadership of President Biden and Chuck Schumer, the majority leader, we can feel good about the Senate. But the real but the point you're making, which I think is significant, McConnell has been an obstruction to Democratic presidents, first Obama and then Biden. Uh, and he was a bulldog, bulldozer during the Trump years 
and gave us the radical majority on the Supreme Court that we now have. So what's the answer? Well, he's in office as long as the people of Kentucky keep him there. The way you diminish his power is to elect more Democratic senators in November. With more Democratic senators, his power goes down and we have we reduce we end his destructive reign by electing two to four more Democrats. Unfortunately, so many Americans don't believe in it anymore. They feel as though their votes don't count. There are people going after them saying, we are going to take your vote away. Here in the in St. Paul, our capital city, we've had that challenge with rent control. And the people said yes, and then all of a sudden the legislature came forward and went, no, 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 we, we'll let you you know what it's going to be. So when things like that happen, people get discouraged and they say, I'm never going to vote again. It's not real. It doesn't work. And it does work. So how do we get that tr- that um, feeling for Americans that say, we're going to be okay. We can fix this. Can we fix it after all that McConnell has done? I think we can fix it. I think that it's unfortunate that we have to battle up again and do what we did in 2018 when we elected a Democratic House that, in, that then lead, led to Trump's impeachment. 2020, when we elected Joe Biden as opposed to Donald Trump. And now in 2022, we have to do it again and elect more Senate Democrats. I think the stakes are very high. And I understand, I, I agree with what you said, uh, Geraldine, because I know that many people feel a certain despair and they feel anger, and it's not clear that they would translate it into political action. But I think they have to. I think we have to translate it into political action. And I do think we can feel better about the situation this week because of the legislation that we've passed and because of what Kansas did in terms of rejecting uh, the ban on abortion that they were trying that the they were trying to pass. It's very encouraging to see people actually responding to the threats to their freedom and rights. I am excited and I completely agree with you that what happened today was absolutely remarkable. I am so excited and so grateful for those that fought, those that started this on the path to to win this and I'm I'm just overjoyed, tears of joy. At the same time, uh, I'm kind of like you. You have McConnell derangement syndrome. <laughs> and, and you are obsessed with him. And that's my my challenge, is every time his face is on the camera, every time his voice is on the radio, I get chills and I just want to scream. If enough of us came together, if enough of us, what percentage would you say of Americans would have to go to this fight and get rid of Mitch McConnell? How long do you think it would take for him to have to step down, if ever? Well, I think that he would. He is going to be the longest-serving Senate leader if he finishes this year and starts next year. He will break a record, and that's on his mind. I think he's got a large page in history that he's written, but I think it's a very dark legacy. I think that the Supreme Court that he's given us uh, is a disastrous situation for for the country. So the election, the people have to respond very strongly to 
the Republicans' attack on our democracy and the McConnell Supreme, the Trump McConnell Supreme Court. And if we produce the kind of results in the election that we can, I think that there will be some question about whether he will be kept in the leader, will he will be able to retain his leadership. But there's no, no easy path, but there's no alternative but to win election. So can we talk a little bit about McConnell's minions, okay? We're talking Lindsey Graham and a few others, right, that stay yeah. by his side, it seems. And it's so frustrating. I don't know how they get away with that. Um, and so I, my disturbance over what McConnell has done through the years, uh, not just for people like me, people of color, but for the United States, I keep looking at those that support him in all of this um, derangement that he has. How do we stop Mitch McConnell, if he has a following of seven or eight different minions that are supporting and making sure that he gets done what he wants to get done, what can we do about that other than trying to vote for them? Uh, that certain senators will go up for vote or, you know, at different times, depending on what's happening in that state. Um, I'm, I'm amazed at how they get to keep their jobs this long. Maybe we're at the point where we really need to consider changing that and making sure that only, you know, the senators can only stay in the Senate for so long. Well, I'm, I say? agree with you. I never, I never really believed in term limits. But when I see Chuck Grassley in Iowa running for an eighth term at the age of 88, mm-hmm. um, the idea of term limits starts to look very appealing. I think that what needs to be done, though, is to make the argument powerfully that the Republicans, the Republican policies are disfavored by the majority of the country. And that shows itself because what you've seen in the last couple of years is certain cases, and there was a gun safety bill where more Republicans than we would have expected, actually joined the Democrats. The infrastructure bill, where some of them, enough of them joined the Democrats to pass that. The semiconductor chips bill, the investment in the semiconductor industry, was also, they realized, some of the Republicans realized they can't totally be obstructionist. At the same time, we then have to turn around and do something like the legislation today, which was only with Democrats. But I think McConnell's hold is weakening, and I think we just have to keep on pushing, voting and lobbying for progressive legislation. A hundred years ago or so, people were killed because they betrayed the country. You don't take this word lightly, betrayal. It really meant a lot to you when writing this book. Tell me what that means to us today. Um, does it does it mean enough? Is it the word to use to get us to understand who is against us and who is for us? I didn't use the word lightly. You're right. Um, I said that McConnell and the Senate Republicans had betrayed us because they're the ones that had the fundamental responsibility. These privileged senators had the responsibility to check. Donald Trump's assault on our democracy. They had the chance to do it. They failed to do it. And then they turned around 
in the last week of the election, uh, last two weeks of the election of 2020, and ram through one more Supreme Court justice uh, to get a 6-3 majority that was a right-wing majority. So it's a betrayal because they betrayed their fundamental responsibility and because they did it in a year of crisis for our country. So I, I don't forgive them for it, and I blame not just McConnell, but the others that went along with him. Uh, in contrast, though, Minnesota has wonderful senators in Amy Klobuchar and Tina Smith, mm, yes. and the legislation that passed today had a lot of work in it that Senator Smith and Senator Klobuchar contributed that's what we need. We need those kind of people in the Senate, not the Lindsey Grahams and Mitch McConnells. The book is called Betrayal, How Mitch McConnell and Senate Republicans Abandoned America. Get it uh, everywhere um, and make sure you read it because I'm sure going to make sure that I read it. Now, sir, um, I want to ask you about um, the responsibility. We have been taught um, as young people in, in my generation, uh, I'm 64 years old, and we were taught that voting was important, that your democracy is important, that you should fall in love with your country. Even after all the things that people of color have been through, we were still taught, fight for your country, fall in love with your country. And I'm just wondering if today one of the problems we have getting to this idea of betrayal is that we don't hear enough about it when the children come home from school. We don't hear enough about civics. We don't hear enough about what we are to do, what our role is to play when we have these characters like a Mitch McConnell, you know, acting against the population of the United States. Um, and that's terrifying to me. And so I'm wondering, because books, um, to me, are one of the most important. The people who write the history are the most important, like yourself, okay? Because we're going to know where we stand when our children are in their 60s and 70s, and we're going to share these stories with them and these books with them. So how do we move forward as one group to make sure that we can hold on to this democracy? Because I'm terrified that we won't. I think, I think your fears are justified in the sense that we're facing an unprecedented assault on the democracy from a Republican Party that has moved from conservatism to radicalism, radicalism that takes the form of white nationalism and is getting continues to get worse. So I think at the voting, we have to deal with it at the political level. But I think you're raising a really important point about the lack of civic education my wife's an educator, and she's done a lot during the Trump years to try to increase civic awareness and civic education in the University of Maryland system. We have to educate the kids uh, about the country. We we don't have to we don't have to hide from the failings of our country. We've got a lot to be proud of. We've got a lot that we have to make sure we can correct, but we have to educate people to their response about the country, the government, and people's responsibilities. And finally, you said, like McConnell, Shapiro sees, or you see yourself as playing the long game, and that it's right to be depressed, 
and that you think the only answer to all of this is to win. I look forward to reading all of your books <laughs> as we go forward. I look forward to you advising uh, those that are in the Senate and even in the House and try to make this uh, work for the people of this country because the majority of us want to make sure that the majority of us can live and thrive. And for some reason, this Senate right now is just not doing it. I thank you so much for joining us tonight, sir. And people can get the book any and everywhere, correct? <laughs> Yeah, well, I have to say it's it's sold out, but it has been reordered. It's, it's available now again. But, Carolyn, I have to say also that I've had a number of interviews, and I don't know of any that have looked as carefully at the book and what the book is about as you have. So thank you for having me and for bringing me to your audience. Thank you so much, Mr. Shapira. Thank you so much. Take care of you. Be well. Be Good care. night. Oh, my goodness. What a compliment. All right. We're going to have to take a break. We'll be back. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.